1: Yeah, hello and welcome back to our Women in League show, episode 6. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Uh, my name's Dan Frost and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight, we've got a full house. We've got Pierre, we've got Alex, we've got Stacey and we are very, very excited tonight because we have a special guest uh, who will be joining us. Uh, yeah, strapping guys, this is going uh, to be a very exciting uh, episode. Um, Stacey, just quickly going to start with you. I think a lot of people are feeling uh, locked down at the moment. A little bit unwell tonight, but you're pushing through?
2: Yeah, look, it's just one of those normal daycare type situations. Went and did the COVID test, did all that sort of thing. So just chilling out with my tea, enjoying life.
1: No, we appreciate, we appreciate your effort, my friend. And then Alex, you know, talk to us a little bit about our rebranding. I I think we're all still a little bit exhausted after that, but uh, we've officially made the move to Mojo Sports. Um, Yeah, it's pretty exciting to see it all all come into play.
4: Yeah, definitely. It's been a busy couple of days trying to get all that sorted. But um, I think you know it's it's moving in a good direction so I think people should be excited
1: and Pierre I, I guess there's you know there's a few things sort of happening in women's rugby league you know sort of preparing for next season how are you finding sort of trying to train in lockdown is it proving to be a little bit challenging
3: yeah look I think COVID challenges you because it makes you think outside the box literally so with no gym but you only got a few um weights here and there but yeah just trying to get out as long as you're out there enjoying the fresh air um that's that's training
1: for me yeah look you guys you guys inspire me on social media i can get a little bit lazy in lockdown so seeing you guys train for your sports it's uh it is inspiring and uh uh, doing some great work there pierre all right well let's jump into our first segment all ball so for our new listeners uh all ball is where we invite a guest onto the show to share their insight and involvement in the sport we love uh, rugby league and this week we welcome a star on the rise Every
3: franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the
1: rest?
2: It's Surges with the drive. Driving tackle by Ali Brigginshaw. KZX, the
3: Australian
1: Player of the Year.
2: She's over. Isabel Kelly.
3: If I can influence people positively, then yeah, my work here is done.
1: Yes, and that's right. And this week on All Ball, we have uh, Jasmine Strange who's joining us uh, on the show from the Central Coast Roosters. Uh, Jasmine, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, good to be here.
1: Yeah, no, look, it's, uh, it's great to have you. Well, let's, let's get straight into some questions because we certainly have uh, quite a lot for you. Can you talk to us a little bit about, I guess, your early uh, rugby league uh, career? You know, what age did you sort of find the sport and start playing?
0: Yeah, so before I played in rugby league, I just did athletics and then I did AFL for a little bit, but I was a bit too, like, aggressive for the AFL comp stuck like around here. So I decided to try and play rugby league and I started that when I was 15. I just did, like, a little nines comp for fun and then we were like, oh, I should actually give this a crack. And then I was contacted by the Newcastle Knights, Tasha Girls side. So I played in that from when I was 15 to 17, so 2018 to 2019. And then after that, I kind of had like, I had a really good year my first year and then kind of like an, oh, still good year, but you know, and then after that, I played in the Central Coast Roosters Country Champs. And then I was just, they, Jamie Frezard had to go to the Broncos, so I got to play in the... Great, the grand final of the Harvey Norman team for the Roosters, which was like really, really cool. And then I've had like a really good year this year and been in the side the whole time.
1: No, it's been a, it's been a great rise and we look forward to sort of digging into it because um, you know, I, I think this is what we've been speaking about over the last few episodes. We're really excited to see some of the juniors coming through and sort of hitting the ground running and, Um, you know, seeing what you're able to do now, where you are in your career, it's, it's, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch, you know, where you are in five, six years time, but just take us back to some of those early days. So I, I guess we've all had our experiences learning a particular sport and getting involved. Talk to us about those, you know, whether it's those early training sessions or, or talk to us even about some of the early positions that you played back then. Um, you know, when you were starting out in rugby league.
0: Yeah, so in my first year, I just really liked getting involved all the time and because it started off as a nines comp, it wasn't 13 aside then. My first year of Tasha Gale was nines and then the second year of Tasha Gale was 11s because they were just gradually building it up so there was a high standard of players still. So I actually played as a half in my first year and then quickly realised that that wasn't my position. I don't really have – I'm getting better, but I'm definitely better at running the ball and – yeah so I was just playing like a kind of a random position the coach would just say yeah just go in the middle and tackle everything and run the ball so that was really really fun and then the next year it was 11 so then I just played centre yeah that's
1: um yeah it's it's interesting isn't it when you sort of you know you start out playing a few different positions in your juniors Mm -hmm. and you sort of you know slowly find your way to your your preferred role but um no it's uh I bet you learned some good lessons there there in the halves uh, that's for sure and then, and then I guess, you know, uh, you know, talk to us a little bit about, you know, some of your, um, you know, athletics background. So, you know, were you involved in any sort of uh, running or athletics or, or anything that kind of helped you as you sort of moved into rugby league?
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, my best event was long jump and I won New South Wales a few times for long jump, which is like really random compared to like footy. But my other really good event was 400 and I feel like that's definitely helped my mental strength because I would say that's definitely the hardest race to run. You just pretty much sprinting the whole time the last 100 meters your body's just lactic acid you're like blacking out and that really helps me when I'm on the footy field just thinking about that I just need to keep pushing and keep going and I think I really drop man obviously it helps like the speed as well being an outside back that's really helpful and just the training like going because I would be training on my own so it kind of helps me when I'm playing footy I can go out and do my own extras because I'm used to training and pushing myself on my own
1: Yeah, look, it's an interesting topic. And I think we we started talking about it off the top is, you know, trying to trying to motivate yourself to train individually, you know, talk to us about, you know, I I guess, you know, you know, the the current situation with lockdown and how you've been able to sort of motivate yourself. Um, You know, what's your preference? Do you like to train uh, solo or, or, you know, I guess nothing can kind of replace that team environment?
0: Yeah, I definitely oh sorry. I definitely like training obviously with a few other people at least. But I'm doing I'm five weeks post or six weeks now, post ACL surgery. So I'm just doing all my rehab basically. I don't really need people with me to help me do that I've just kind of got my rehab program and then me and my dad go to the ocean baths near where I live and just walk every single day just walk laps in there so I can get my exercise and that's really good for it so that's kind of what I'm doing at the moment but before that happened I had like a few like I would go Jamie Frazard would take me down to the field and do some extra stuff or just yeah any of the girls really yeah
2: and so You have a footy field in your backyard.
0: Yes, I do. That really helps as well. But I actually don't use it that much because I like to just go to other fields because I feel like when I'm there, like when I have to go somewhere else, I take it more seriously, if you know what I mean.
2: I don't know. Yeah, and and it's kind of like you kind of want to practice in an environment that you're going to play in as well. Like I can imagine like playing around in the backyard, you know, it's just it can't replicate the whole thing. But, like, your dad built that just – yeah. For you and your brother, right? Like, that's just crazy. I don't think, I don't know many other people that can say that they've got a footy field in their backyard, complete with posts. It
0: used to be in a question arena, but my dad had a landscaping business, so he just decided we were going to make it into a footy field because my brother's really talented football player as well. So it's for
3: both of us, yeah. Um, Jasmine, I have a question for you. I, I, I'm actually more I'm actually interested Sorry, in hearing about the transition you did from Tasha Gale into the Harvey Normans, like what was that like? Because obviously you're a young, you're coming to the back end of Tasha Gale because, you know, you're reaching that age for the maximum age for Tasha Gale and then to come into the Harvey Normans as the baby, I guess you could say, how was that in terms of like um, transitioning from the team, obviously getting to know a new team? Yeah, t- tell us a little bit about that. Oh. Cool.
0: I was so scared. Like, I went from being, like, kind of the top age, one of the more experienced players. I was pretty confident in myself, obviously. But it's a very big step up from Tasha Gale to Harvey Norman. And also being the coach's daughter does not help at all because everyone's just looking at you like, oh, you're the coach's daughter, that's why you're here. And my first year, last year, which was, like, in between, I played country champs and I kind of wasn't taking it as seriously as... Uh, like, I don't know, I kind of had not not a bad year, but not as good as this year, obviously. So then when I played in the grand final and I did a few, like, good strong runs and a few things and everyone was kind of like, oh. And then I played country champs again at the start of this year before Harvey Norman and scored, like, three or four tries in the game and then came and put in the thing and everyone kind of started, like, realising, oh, she's not just the coach's daughter, which helped a lot because I think that was, like, one of the main things but yeah a lot of the girls were so nice but I was so nervous like I've been following like Isabel Kelly and Hannah Southwell on Instagram since I was like tiny and I was looking at them like oh my god you're real <laughs> and, um, and like they're in my team and they helped me so much so it's a really good group of girls and they really helped me but I definitely took it so much more seriously this year like from the off season last year, I got in the gym, heaps put on a lot of sides. I put on like twelve kilos since Tasha Gale, which is a lot, and I took it really seriously. And that obviously has shown because I've had a much better year this year.
1: And as you spoke a little bit about your, uh, you know, I, I guess your admiration for for some of the, the the veterans within the game, how does it feel knowing that? You're kind of that player now, you know. There's some younger girls coming through, you know, playing junior football that sort of look up to you. How does that feel to kind of be a bit of a role model already in the game?
0: Well, I don't know if I'm there yet, but it's pretty cute when I go. I volunteer at a lot of the like girls come and try our days where we help some of the young girls and just teach them a few basic things and they're like, I'll screw a photo with you at the end and it's just really cute and it's just, it makes me really genuinely so happy to see all of these girls having so many opportunities that I obviously never had and like a lot of, all of these other girls that are older than me have never had. So it's really, really good seeing these, so many younger girls as well. Like there's so many and their talent's really good as well. Like it's going to be so good in a few years.
1: It's going to be crazy. No, they're uh, it, 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 yeah, exactly right. That the talent is unbelievable. And speaking of talent, let's talk a little bit about this football team that you're playing in because um, you know obviously they've they've been quite successful. Um, Pierre touched on it a little bit in terms of the step up, but yeah, talk to us a little bit about your I guess your career highlights so far. Um, yeah, playing playing for the Roosters.
0: Um... Yeah, well I got the what's I was I think top try scorer this year in the comp before I did my I only missed one game, I think, before I after my doing my ACL because obviously COVID. Kind of put a halt on that, but I don't know. Just playing alongside, it was really good playing outside Yasmeeks because we're very similar players. Like, obviously, she's a superstar, but we defend the same really aggressively, so it works really well together. And in attack, playing outside Brady Parker, like, she just knows we all just click and work really well together, and that's why a lot of points were scored. Brady just throws like a mm. massive cutout pass, and like, yeah.
1: Uh, So Jazz, you you touched on a a little bit of your play and I guess the listeners are really interested to hear more about that. So I guess if you had to, I guess, describe yourself as a player, your playing style, how would you you best describe your play?
0: I think in my head, I'm just like a massive forward that just thinks I'm like this big unit that can just like run over people. I really, everyone keeps cracking onto me about when I was in the country camp, Kylie's like, jazz you can't just run over these forwards like they're really really good you're gonna have to have footwork and I'm like I know (laughs) so like I think I just really enjoy like yardage sets where I just get to run like as hard and fast as I can like I just genuinely enjoy the physicality of the game so much and I've been working heaps on obviously, my ball skills and my hands because they weren't that good in Tasha Gell, but they've improved, like, so much. And I really like – because coming from AFL, I played AFL for a little bit before league, I'm pretty all right under the high balls. So it's really fun getting to play on the wing where I get to drop back and catch, obviously, high balls and then run it back in. So, yeah, I don't know.
1: No, that's that's, that's really good. And and you touched on a little bit there some of the areas of your game – that you're sort of working on, but um, I guess that's a continuous process. Um, You know, we'll, we'll touch on uh, your, your injury shortly, but you know, what are some of the the key things that you are trying to work on to sort of improve your game, you know, over the next few seasons?
0: Um, Definitely my catch pass because my best position would be center. Um, Definitely. So definitely getting my catch pass. Obviously I'm not going to be in front of like Yazin Frez, and Isabel Kelly yet, but You know, I'm just keep working on that. I need to work on my speed because I've put, I used to be really, really fast, but because I've obviously put size on, which is a lot of muscle from going in the gym, I've lost a bit of speed and I kind of, I was really focusing on all these things that my coach dad obviously gave me to work on. So I kind of need to go back to the things that I was originally really good and strong at, if that makes
1: sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know Alex is burning to ask a question. And it is going to be around your injury, So sorry to bring the mood down, but we are, I, I guess, I guess what the listeners are really interested in is, you know, just, just your experience, you know, with it. And um, yeah, Alex, take it away.
4: Yeah. I, I guess for me, like, how do you kind of come back? Cause I mean, so many players have injuries and it's such a mindset. So I guess how have you kind of, have you had to change your mindset after injury?
0: Yeah. Well, I was obviously just devastated when it happened because it happened because My dad coach told me that I need to work on my footwork. So I was doing some footwork stuff and then my whole knee just dislocated and went and I did my ACL, MCL, LCL, meniscus and platella all in one, which was just not fun. I was just devastated because I knew right then, and this is when footy wasn't called off, so I thought I was going to be missing the final. So I was just devastated for like six weeks. My knee was so swollen I couldn't even move. I was so down, like probably not the best example, but I was just – genuinely so down there's nothing and then straight after surgery my mindset just changed and I'm like I feel like I could play in a week like this is weird like I honestly am so excited like I'm not worried about redoing it at all because I would never do like a crazy weird side set that I was doing in a game of rugby league. I'm not stressed. I know that like Jamie Frazard has been so helpful to me because she did hers when she was about my age and she did a similar thing and she's killing it now. And then another girl, Stacey Markham, she's done the same thing. She played in like all this other stuff. And I know Tiana Penitani did hers as well. So that's just knowing that there's girls that have done it and have experienced what I'm currently going through and have come out stronger and they're still killing it just really helps my mental with it. And just making sure I'm doing my rehab. I have a really good physio team. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, and I think it's it's really important that you give, you know, you provide that sort of honest and we just really appreciate your vulnerability because, you know, that, that's that's exactly what it's like, you know, when you're going through those longer-term injuries. There's there's dark days, but like you said, something just switches, you know, whether you see, whether you achieve a bit of a, a goal in rehab or you see a bit of improvement and, you know, you start to sort of see that progress and, and that kind of gives you a boost. But, you know, what, what were some of the, the things you used to sort of cope or, or, or manage, you know, with, with, your, uh, with your injury? Because, you know, uh, during those early days, there's not a lot you can do. You know, you've kind of got to rest quite a lot.
0: Yeah, well, I definitely, like, a lot of people reached out to me, which really helped me, and then just seeing the stuff that was making me upset was seeing all the stuff about women's NRL and all of this stuff on social media. So I just completely switched off for, like, four weeks, started crocheting. It sounds really silly, but I was just crocheting. I would sit at home crocheting for, like, not even kidding, like, 12 14 hours a day, made some cool stuff. And I was basically just doing anything to keep my mind off it. Just I just had to ice it and elevate it. Like, that's all I could do. It was dead set, like, so swollen. So, I was just basically trying to, like, I was definitely talking to people that had been through it and understood and were helping me and obviously my family and close friends. But I just had to get off social media pretty much and it was just making me, yeah, not helpful.
1: Yeah, no, that, that that's right. And it's just about sort of knowing yourself, finding that balance and um, yeah, you know, we wish you all the very best in your recovery. We know that um, you're going to come back bigger and better, um, you know, over, over the next few seasons. But let, let's also touch on, uh, you know, some of the influences within your career because, you know, uh, as you've, you've mentioned it. You've been blessed to, I, I guess, have played already with, with some, you know, really talented players. But, yeah, talk to us a little bit about some of the players that have had a really big impact on your career. Um, I just,
0: like all of them, honestly, just – Like every single person, like everyone that's given me confidence, I'm a real confidence player. Like I need to feel confident to play well. So everyone that's just like helped build me up, give me confidence. Like when I first came into the Harvey Norman team, all of the girls were so supportive. Like Bridie is lovely, Izzy is so helpful and lovely, Yaz is so helpful and lovely. Like I don't want to leave anyone out, but literally every single person that I played with. My dad obviously is the biggest one. I didn't even want to play footy and he like got me into that so yeah I don't know he's always F me he's
3: like my best friend he's we hang out every day and do stuff so yeah it's good. Is your dad um I guess he'd be a bigger supporter out there but is it really hard to um play under him and do you know what I mean is it hard to play under him is it hard to take on his criticism like what's the pros and cons of being under your dad?
0: It's really awkward if I have like a bad game and then we have to like drive home, <laughs> like in the car. <laughs> I just don't even want to say anything. I just sit there like so <laughs> silence. Yes, <laughs> but he's really, really good. I take. I know that everything he says to me, he's thought out what he's saying in it. I need to hear it, and it's definitely good. He's not easy on me by any means. I remember after the Mounties game, that's probably like one of the my not best games of. I think it was a lot of people's. So. <laughs> but, like, yeah. And then he, it was half time. He's like, Jazz, you need a tackle and I was like yeah and then I went out there and put like one of my best shots on after that and it just like everything he says just helps me so much because I take it all on and it's good that he doesn't like baby me but he also knows me so well that he knows how I work so he knows what to say and I think he knows all of the girls in our team and I think that's why we go so well because he deals with different players like weaknesses and strengths differently and approaches them differently which helps us all build. Who's given you the best piece of advice? so far probably my dad because he's just really sarcastic like which is my which is what helps me like I'll be really nervous and he'll just say you played footy before you know how to play run tackle or like I'll be like oh I'm really like before the country game I was so in ner- the city country game I was so nervous and I called him he's like just play good and I'm like you know what that's what I needed to hear that's what I needed and it really helps me and then I didn't really play that good in that game but it is what it is <laughs> but I think that's just I just need like someone not to like baby me. I just need someone to just tell me how it is. And yeah.
1: Yeah. And no, that's excellent. And I just picture you with you, you know, the tape on the wrist and the big inspirational quote is, uh, Play good. I love it. I think that's something that, uh, you know, could really catch on across the league. Um, well, just quickly, um, we've got a, got a couple more questions for you, but um, yeah, just, just sort of recapping quickly on the season, being involved in such a successful club. You know, you mentioned the Mounties game. Obviously, things didn't go your way for a period of time, but were there, were there any sort of particular games that sort of stood out for you personally?
0: Um, yeah, definitely. I think it was one of the first games. I can't even remember. I think it was against the Reds or something where I scored a hat-trick and all my friends and everyone was in the sideline cheering for me. And it was just like the best day ever. Cause I realized, oh my God, like this is all of my hard work has actually come to something and it's made like, yeah, it was just really good. I think that's one of my highlights or yeah.
1: No, that, that's excellent. And they, they, these are things that, you know, you'll sort of reflect on uh you know when you sort of retire in 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 many many years many many years to come um so I, I guess you know obviously with the injury and and you know I guess being so successful coming through the junior system have you had a chance to sort of sit back and sort of you know write down any goals or you know what what are you sort of looking to achieve what are you sort of looking to achieve in your rugby league career um well
0: obviously I want my my goal from when I was even my first year of- thing was to play city country like I don't know why I just saw it on Isabel Kelly and Jess Sergis's Instagram and I was like I want to play that that looks so cool not even like women's NRL not origin I just wanted to play that and then I was in the hairdressers when they called me and said they were pulling me into that team and I literally cried like I was so happy but now I guess the next step would be women's NRL obviously but I've just got to make sure I'm going to get in the gym and get nice and tank and then come back and hopefully give that a crack if i get any of the harvey norman season because i'm going to probably come back at nine or ten months post injury which is like mid harvey norman season so if it all goes well yeah
1: yeah well look i I think we've all got a pretty good feeling that uh you know you'll you'll be able to achieve those goals and more and um here at mojo sports here at the network we'll be here supporting you and um yeah we'll look forward to sort of bringing you back as you sort of um, kick those goals yeah, and to round out our show, we've got our Rapid Fire segment.
4: and we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things.
1: What you need to know tonight. i your apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time
3: for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. It's okay. oh,
4: show, here. oh, my boss is singing Closing Time. Maybe that's what it is.
1: And, Jazz, thanks for staying on because, Rapid Fire, we've got an interesting question tonight. And the question that I'll pose to everyone is, who would you like to see become a head coach after they retire? So thinking about all all the players uh, that are out there at the moment, is there anyone that sort of comes to mind as a potential coach into the future? Pierre, we're going to start with you. Uh,
3: Thanks, Dan. Um, I've actually picked Georgia Hale for a head coach after her playing career. Um, I've been fortunate enough to play with Georgia and – Honestly, I could put my hand on my heart and say that she's a born leader and she's a hard worker. And I think as a coach, um, I think she'd be such an inspiration for all the girls out there.
1: Uh, Jazz, what about yourself? Have you, you had a bit of a think about this one? Um, who do you think has got the potential to be a coach uh, after they finish playing?
0: Um, I would definitely have to say Jamie Frazard just because, she's helped me so much and gone out of her way too. A lot of the girls have like, especially Izzy as well. But I remember it was my first session with the Harvey Norman girls. I was just like the weird coach's daughter and like I was like scrawny as, and she came up to me after training and she was like, Oh, if you want to like get in the gym, like, let me know. And I was like, yeah, that'd be really good. And then like straight away she took me into the gym, showed me like all these exercises. I remember we did an ab exercise and I couldn't even laugh for like three days after because like she'd done that. And then she's like, yeah, it just helped me so much, and I know she works like her job. She works with a lot of kids, so in teaching, so I think she would be really good at
1: it. Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a great choice and a great story. You know, giving us a little bit of insight behind the scenes. at, uh, uh, yeah, at, at at I guess her, her her leadership ability already. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, look for me, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Holly Wheeler. You know, myself and Pierre have sort of had a bit of a chat about um, Holly previously. We we all know that she's had quite a decorated career, but. You know, just because you can go out there and play really well doesn't necessarily mean you can sort of communicate it and, and, and move into coaching. But Holly just appears to have all those skills. You know, obviously she went through a bit of an injury herself and was certainly, you know, able to sort of shadow the group and, and provide a lot of support to players. So all signs are, yeah, we're really positive there. And, um, yeah, if, if if that's what Holly wanted to do, I think she'd be really, really successful. Uh, Alex, uh, who have you got for us?
4: Um, I think for me it's got to be Karina Brown. You know, I kind of had to... If you've heard our podcast, the last podcast, chatting with her and kind of her playing experience, she's just got so much knowledge as far as the game goes and, and kind of what it takes to build a team. So I think for me, I think she'd be an awesome kind of head coach.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just don't think she'd be in the role very long because sooner rather than later, she'd be the GM or the CEO. Karina, yeah, definitely incredibly talented and just has, um, yeah, just a, a great footy mind, but also really, really great with people. Okay, Stacey, uh, yeah, have you got a player for us? Yeah, look, I...
2: um. Before Rowan Sims stepped into commentary, I would have 100% said her because I would love to be led by Rue Sims. Like She's just got everything that you want in a leader. But for a current player, I like the look of Corbin Baxter just because you know she's been around the game for a long time um, and the work that she's doing with Trent Robinson in the s and program at the Roosters, I think that's really going to pay off for her down the track. Um, so she could be in pretty good stead to get a top job sometime after she finishes playing.
1: Yeah, and I guess the potential there is endless because, you know, Corbin uh, you know the the you know, all, all reports that we're hearing is you know we're we're talking about a bit of a you know, super talent there, like on the field, but also you know the ability to kind of transfer that often into coaching and um, yeah certainly setting yourself up for a lot of options and you know what would what would be interesting to see and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts is you know the ability to obviously give back to the women's game from a from a coaching perspective but it would also be good to see um, you know some of some of the elite coaches move into the NRL pathways as well um, you know uh, Stacey what's your thoughts on that? Trend? transition
2: oh i totally agree and i don't know how long it's going to take for us to get there and and whether whether the next five to ten years is enough time not not because they uh not because the women don't know enough and not that they're not capable it's just it's a it's such a man's game and it still is um, but that's slowly changing I think getting women into those NRL programs at that coaching level is just going to do amazing things for when they do step up into that head coach role and we talk about coaches so often on this podcast and we know how important it is it is about time that we see a female step into the NRL system for sure
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I think there's a lot of potential there. Pierre, you're obviously, um, you know, involved, uh, you know, with your club there at North Sydney. Is is that something you see on the horizon? You know, some of these, you know, some of the top talent, you know, within the game as they're sort of building their coaching resumes. Could you see, you know, the uh, sort of leading an NRL franchise one day?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, with the women currently still in the sport now, they've given so much for their sport as it is to get the women's game to where it is now that I feel like, for most girls, maybe some girls, it would be only a natural thing for them to kind of go from playing into coaching. I know that um, later on down the track when I've finished doing my um, short stint or career in rugby league, I'll definitely look at an option at either coaching um, gridiron or even coaching rugby league down the track just to kind of help the community and just help where I started because that's where it all started from
1: yeah absolutely well i think trent barrett's a little bit getting a little bit nervous there at the canterbury bulldogs so pierre we'll keep an eye on your uh on your ambitions there in coaching and alex um yeah just sort of stepping in there I, I guess this is what we want to see right we just want to see cvs just compared and you know if you've got the skills if you've got the ability um it'd be great to see the best person get the job um again again same question to you would you you know like to see um some of the elite talent move into the nrl ranks
4: absolutely and i think you know as a coach myself, you know, you kind of, you want players that, you know, coaching has a lot to do with kind of your playing experience. And if you don't have that background, if you don't have that grind, if you don't have that knowledge of the game, I think for me personally, I think some of the women have a little bit more knowledge than the men, just because I've had to kind of push out a little bit more and understand it a little bit more based on the adversity there. So I, I would, I would like to see more women uh, come in to kind of play roles in the NRL.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, um, it's going to be really interesting to watch and something that we're really excited about because um, there is definitely the talent out there to make it happen. All right, guys. Well, look, that's all the time we have today. Uh, Jasmine, we just wanted to, again, thank you so much for, for jumping on the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Um, we really thank you for being really vulnerable and honest in and around sort of your injury and sort of your recovery there. Um, again, we wish you all the very best uh, into the future
0: thanks for having me
1: and then again thank you to my panel uh, each and every week you guys bring the heat into our listeners we hope you enjoyed uh, tonight's episode if you did uh, please download subscribe and jump on our social medias uh, we have uh, all the platforms are there available please comment like uh, and send us some feedback we really appreciate that until next week we'll see you then we
2: won't to break down the garden gate. there's not much time left today